Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. However you manage to get our show today, uh, don't forget there are other ways to download us. You can download us directly from our website at techcentral.ie. You can use the smartphone podcast app. There's billions of them. Uh, iTunes, of course, you can subscribe there or turn us on every week on Cutting Edge DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. On the show this week, two fascinating interviews lined up for you from the world of web design. You see, a few years ago, if we were talking about web design, we would have been talking specifically about code and graphic design for the desktop. For the desktop. Uh, but now we have all these other considerations and technologies to cover. We've got cloud, mobile, uh, finding ways to make websites look good on several different screen sizes, make them fun to use, make them useful. Oh my God, the list goes on. So... TechCentral.ie Editor-in-Chief Niall Kitson went off to meet Carl Dempsey, who's the VP of Solution Engineering at Salesforce.com, which is a massive worldwide website where web design is crucial for the business. Now, if you're not familiar with Salesforce.com, don't worry, because that's where the interview starts. I'm out at the offices of Salesforce.com today, uh, where I am meeting with the Vice President of Solution Engineering, Carl Dempsey. Um, I guess Salesforce is one of these companies that it's really doing its job when you don't notice the technology or when you don't notice its presence. So for, for hopefully the average uh, listener out there, tell us a little bit about Salesforce.com. So Salesforce is the world's number one CRM provider. And really, it was one of the early pioneers in enterprise cloud computing. It's been around since 1999, so it's a very well-established company. And we have a consistent track record of growth and success over those years, you know, to the point where someone like Forbes would rate us, I think it's five years in a row, the world's most innovative company. Uh, we're consistently ranked as one of the great places to work. In fact, just recently, we were recognized that award, number one great place to work in Ireland, uh, number three in the UK. Uh, across all of our segments, we're there. So we are the leader, according to the likes of Gartner, uh, in uh, sales, in service, in our marketing uh, quadrants. Uh, in basically, every market that we enter, we drive to be the number one provider in that space. And, and, and what we ultimately do is we provide what we call a customer success platform. So you're right to say, you know, maybe people don't interact with us directly every day, but we provide the platforms where the world's great financial services companies, telecommunications companies, retailers of this world um, are connecting to their customer, whether it's that's in a sales environment or marketing or customer service, to, to really to delight those customers and to, to give them business advantage in their own right. Uh, I think the use of the word delight is very interesting there because you're taking sort of the very comp very concrete idea of a product and a platform mm-hmm. to, to help you do something yeah. but you also want to instill sort of this sort of seamless um, emotional response in yeah. people um, I guess the point that I'm driving at is uh, what sort of uh, technologies do you see at the moment are sort of uh, creating this uh, feeling in people I mean you can say cloud mm-hmm. that's fine but I mean cloud what is cloud yeah. so when people look to salesforce.com and they say I'm running a small business. Uh, I know you're used to, you know, dealing with the enterprise, but what can you do for me? Okay, I think just just to back up one second, now I think you're right to to focus in on the word delight. We have studies from the likes of Gartner that say that 
roughly 80 to 90% of companies plan to use customer experience as the way that they're going to differentiate and compete in the market in the very near future. Um, you can even see the way Ryanair is starting to, to change to see that, that that has a very tangible um, impact. So what you need to do is to figure out wherever you touch a customer, you've got to give them an amazing experience. And whether it's in sales, and that can be B2B, business to business, or business to consumer, you can be slick, you can be fast, you can be knowledgeable about the customer. The same thing in customer service, the same thing when you're marketing to them. I think the the kind of the old days and the old paradigms um, of, you know, if you take advertising that was very simple models, that's done away with. We were just talking about social before you started recording. There's new ways to engage. Customers are more demanding. They can see through a lot of the sort of the, the, the mad men style of how you would sell or how you would advertise. And you have to engage with every consumer as an individual. And cloud, you're right to say, well, what is cloud? But cloud allows businesses to be more agile, to, um, to scale much faster. And particularly if you're a small company, you can have the kind of technology stack that you need to deliver those kind of experiences much faster for much less cost, but also it allows you to grow really, really quickly. You take, um, and probably where we're going to go in a second in terms of how mobile drives that, a company like Halo that's just completely disrupted the, the taxi industry. What it's done is given customers an amazing experience. You don't stand on a street corner at 3 o'clock in the morning now frantically trying to flag down a taxi, you simply hail a one, right? They were a tiny little startup, but they had this great idea. They used a lot of cloud technology, harnessed to mobile, to deliver a completely new experience to customers. And, you know, you can see by how unhappy the black cab drivers are in London that it has had a profound change in that market. And, you know, as a consumer, I love it, right? I think we all do. So it all comes together to say customers are way more demanding. They don't accept the status quo. They don't accept to be put on hold for half an hour on a call anymore. They don't accept poor service. They demand it. And companies can deliver that. They're the ones that are winning the battles out there at the moment. I think one of the fascinating things uh, from a, a, C, uh, a CRM management um, perspective is that the primary point of contact for years has been the website. It's yeah. been about, you know, for the love of God, get yourself a good website so yeah. you can interact with your customers. And it's not so much that that's gone now, but it's get your website mobile optimized, get, get something mobile friendly, mobile ready, because as with Halo, that's where your customers are. That's where they want to be. If they're in a shop, and they want, you know, they're looking at, a, say, an album, they want to find out if it's any good, what do they do? They, they, they don't necessarily ask the guy behind the till because you don't know if they... It's their friends. Yeah, it's their friends. However, they do go and they check Wikipedia or they will look for some, some other sort of point of contact. Yeah. So it's, it's in making those point of contacts as easy and as, as friendly to use as possible. It really presents the challenge. Uh, and to sort of shorten my observation, really, it's the lessons, really, they've, they've started at the consumer end with the app economy, and they've kind of bounced up and back down again to the SME, hasn't it? I think there's some validity to that. I think the way we, we look at it now is the, mob, the smartphone home screen is your website, right? If you don't have an app on the, the home screen of a consumer, you're just not really in their mind share. You know, I, I forget the number, I should know this, but a massive percentage of time spent on smartphones is in apps. It's not in the browser. So it's, you know, the bare bones minimum is that you need to have a mobile responsive website. But really what you need to have is an app. And you need to be thinking, how can a consumer, or you know, in a business context as well, your employees, what do they need? And how can you deliver, again, that experience to them? And 
I think the first wave of apps and, and uh, of smartphones, it was about basically shrinking a website down onto uh, the, the size of the screen. But when you think about what a phone does these days, it's not a phone anymore, right? It's a, it's a mobile uh, supercomputer. It's geo-aware. It's got accelerometers in there so it knows what way is up and what way is down. It's always on. It's social. And I think you need to embrace how all of these things can come together, that you can do something new. So that's ultimately, going back to the Halo example, they effectively connected taxis to smartphones, right? That's not just a website. That's rethinking mobile technology and how can it have an impact on consumers' lives and, frankly, on taxi drivers' lives as well, right? You know, uh, Uber is a customer of ours in the U.S., and they'll talk very openly that they have two constituents. They have the traveling public who have to use the app. They also have the drivers, Right? And they service and support both with Salesforce, essentially. So, but it comes back to, yes, the smartphone is the, 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 the portal that you have to reach your customers, but your customers have to reach you as well. First thing I do now, for instance, if I book on any airline, the first thing I'll do is I'll go to download their app. You know, and even Ryanair have an app, but Aer Lingus, Emirates, uh, American, you have to have an app, and it has to do clever things. Right, it has to tell you, you know, where your flight is. The fact the gate has changed, uh, you have to be able to book the seat. You have to, be able to see the seat. Um, the smartphone has fundamentally changed the experience, and what it's really done. To your point about you're in a record shop, it's actually put the balance of power back into the consumer's hand. You know, they now have more information um, than the the company typically. You know, so you go in in any retail example, you now know you've done your research to say, you know, the price, you know, the quality, you know, the customer rating of any product you're going to buy. The poor rep in the store doesn't have a clue about that stuff. So you now, in that interaction, have the balance of power. And that's an amazing thing the smartphone has done. And that's why the, the Halos and the Ubers of this world and, you know, a travel app like TripIt, all these things, they really, they're, they're changing the way people think about any service they're consuming. And you have to be with that, otherwise you're in trouble. So when you're looking at the experiential aspect of making something, uh, not just having access to functionality, but making it easy to use and, and intuitive, um, what is sort of the, the process that a company will come to you and say, look, I've got a car hire business yeah. um, how do I make this usable? How do I make somebody that's coming from Germany to Ireland three weeks in advance? How do I, what, what is the process here? So I think there's, there's two levels to answer that. I'm going to take the, the broader level first. Um, you have to think about the customer and the, literally the journey they go on. The example you picked was, was a physical journey, but literally their journey through your products or services. What most companies do is they think about it from their own siloed departmental perspective, what you have to think of these days is, well, what are the touch points the customer has in your business and how can you make each one of those better? You know, there's a lot of research going back to the 90s where, you know, they talk about the moments of truth in a business, you know, and if you fail on any one of those, you basically fail the customer. So what are those touch points? And the beautiful thing about the phone and about, you know, the internet things in general is there's a lot more touch points. A lot of things you can do better and a lot of things you can make a mess of where, you know, that wasn't an issue before. And what you have to think of is the customer first. It's the customer experience, what the customer wants. You've got to give that. So I think that's at a holistic level. Uh, at, at a much more practical level, it's about you know, using modern concepts like design thinking. It's about rapid app dev so that you know, some companies are spending 
years trying to get a perfect app out there. What you see a lot more of these days is companies iterating very quickly. Again, it comes back to the advantage of cloud. You know, you can iterate, you can have, you know, a version one, a version 1.1 very, very quickly. And I think the smart companies are going down that road. So you see apps, you know, having more and more features over time. Um, I think those two things. So ultimately, it all connects back to the customer. And then secondly, it's about being much more agile about how you develop those apps. Uh, I I think that point about rapid iteration really goes to the heart of what makes cloud different uh, for software development than it it was in the past, that people explicitly don't go out with the idea of having the perfect product at the end. You know, they immediately think, well, this is just beta and we'll we'll give it six months. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, and actually, you know, language I've been learning a lot lately is you talk about the MVP, the minimal viable product. Let's get that out, get into the hands of people, get feedback. Because another beautiful thing about cloud is you can actually see what users are doing with the product, literally what they're clicking on, what they're touching on, what features they like. Uh, and you can then, you know, again, evolve the product, iterate the product very quickly. So we see a lot of that. Yeah. We, we do it ourselves. I mean, Salesforce has, a, you know, we've been rightly talking about customer engagement. The other side is employee engagement. So Salesforce ourselves have a lot of employee apps and we see a lot of CIOs are now saying any app they develop for the business has got to be mobile first. So you almost need to have that consumer hat on thinking internally as well. And our apps literally, they rev every couple of weeks, sometimes faster. You see that. Start with a basic product, get slicker and slicker over time. It's the way to go. So how do you see apps being integrated into people's working life? So I think there's a couple of angles there. I mean, Salesforce is putting a lot of thought at the moment into how you combine cloud with mobile with the concepts of big data, data science, and connected devices. And, and what we're saying is you pull all that together and you've got to think about people, ultimately, whether it's an employee or whether a customer. So the, 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 the kind of thing that we're coalescing around is that apps need to be better at helping people. They need to actually make them better at doing their job. Um, I think previously enterprise apps were very good at recording what was going on and being a very good management tool. So you had insight, you had dashboards, and, and Salesforce is excellent at that. Where we're moving towards is that the whether it's in service or sales or wherever it is, it should be prompting the professional, it should be giving them tips, it should be saying this is what you should do next, uh, being more of a, almost like a coach, to be perfectly honest. And there's enough insight in the data to be able to say, this is what works well in this situation, and this is a piece of content you should propose to a customer, this is the message you should use, this is your next step. And we see that, frankly, you know, everywhere. I mean, we think about it from a sales or service perspective, but in any business setting, you can do that. Uh, and so just to um, wrap things up, uh, really sort of the, the interesting thing about generating so many points of contact uh, between a business and a customer how do businesses, whether they do this at all, how do they go about creating a hierarchy of um, deciding which point of contact they think is the most important to them at that time? So, for example, uh, a customer is setting up a small shop. Maybe they don't see mobile as a, as a priority. To, to which extent do you come in and say, well, actually, maybe you should be going mobile first at this time? Are, are you saying how Salesforce would? would yeah, exactly, yeah. I think, well, we've done a lot of work. We've done a study. We call it the state of, the state of IT. We interviewed about 2,500 CIOs globally. And so a lot of what we're seeing is, is, and what we're saying is based on what they see. So, for instance, just on the mobile example, companies that rate themselves as being top performers in their industry 
are about 1.4 times more likely to be building mobile apps than those who rate themselves as they're, they're not performing in their industry. So the, the trend from industry is saying, on that example alone, you have to be mobile first, you have to be building mobile apps, you have to be building customer-facing apps. You know, they're nearly 1.9 times as likely if they're a strong performer to be building those types of consumer apps. So the data suggests very strongly this is what you should be doing. And one of the things, if you ever come to a, a Salesforce event or if you actually sit down and listen to a Salesforce person, we will talk very strongly about the success that other customers have had in industries similar to yours. And it tends to be about embracing the future. It tends to be about being ahead of trends rather than trying to catch up to trends. And when you see that, you know, whether that's then mobile, uh, whether that's big data, whether that's the IoT phase, whether that's social, I think social's kind of been done at this stage, but for so many companies, it's still uh, a big leap to get into there. So we would certainly say, this is what the leading CIOs of the world are saying, and it's also, look, here's five great examples of companies that have done not just really cool and interesting things, but have got real business value as a result. And, you know, that's one of the, the underlying themes of Salesforce is it's the success of our customers. And that comes from you know, embracing the future. And as we, we said, I think it was last year we'd aligned that said you need to be in the future and be there ready to welcome your customers when they get there, right? And that's what our customers tend to do. That was Niall Kitson talking with Carl Dempsey of Salesforce.com. You'll have noticed that part of that conversation was about making the user feel good about the websites they use so they're more likely to come back, whether that's making an online store easier to use or making it easier to get a taxi or book a holiday, whatever. Developing a good user experience is becoming an essential part of any successful website. So to find out more about that user experience and how it's designed, Niall met with Seamus Byrne, who is co-founder of Design Research and strategy agency Graphic Mint. I'm out at the offices of Graphic Mint this afternoon to speak with Seamus Byrne, uh, who is one of the co-founders and directors of the business. And he is also uh, an expert in user experience. Now, we've talked we've talked about this thorny subject before. Um, IDT uh, organized our first course about it last year, and we were off at the launch. And we've also spoke, spoken with some people in the past about how the experience of using the internet or the experience of using any kind of product, be it a, a laptop, or a piece of industrial design comes to impact people's enjoyment of it. So, uh, Seamus, we're going to explore the idea of contemporary web design in a little bit more detail now, but specifically looking at the process of developing a website, which back in the day used to involve HTML and a couple of sketches of what you wanted things to look like. Then it evolved into sort of you had coders and you had graphic design and then there was a an increasing gap between the two and now we have this additional field called user experience so tell us where this fits in thank you Niall. yes it's uh, great to be able to answer that question well websites you know back in the day i guess you know we all had to work out how to do a website and i think uh, part of that certainly was technical and the, the, the programming and coding was very important but also then I suppose people thought of the design as maybe the front end the top layer the cosmetic layer and that was all about the visual design but what people I'm not sure if your listeners know but I suppose there's a few other layers or lenses in that and there's the information architect for example that's the person who thinks about the structure of the site and the classification and the categorization of all the content and then you have 
uh, someone with my expertise, which is an interaction designer. So that's someone who's thinking about the flow or the user journey through the experience and the behavior of the website. Um, and then maybe there's some other roles like copywriter, content person, etc. So what seems, to, what seems to have happened recently is, I think because the technology's evolved, um, you can press a button and pretty much have a website in 15 minutes. Not great for web designers, I guess, but great for people who want to make websites. So in a way, it's kind of gone to the masses. But I think with that um, also becomes a, a sophistication to do with the industry. So uh, because the technology is a lot better and there's a lot of capability there and programmers are able to do really sophisticated things and even, I guess, build stuff, there's stuff you take off the shelf to components to, to make things much easier than they used to be. And I, I guess there's um, a bunch of entrepreneurial people doing a lot of, um, you know, I suppose, innovative strategic uh, new new kind of products um, and if you put with that I guess the app revolution where you know it's not just about a website anymore it's an app the landscape has changed a lot where user experience fits in and user experience I guess I call it UX it's the most misunderstood uh, term I think a lot of people associate UX with um, the, the the parts of the like maybe a website that are the, the user interface part the making it look nice the kind of the colors of the buttons but actually, user experience is about users. In fact, I don't believe that it's uh, really user experience unless you involve users. So what does that mean? Well, I guess it means you've got to do your research. And of course, when you approach any design project, it's essential to do your research about the domain and to understand like, who it's for and what's it about. So if you're organizing a, or say if you're designing a, an e-store for um, shoes, you're not going to have a rabbit in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, quite not. In fact, what I'd recommend is a revolving door of feedback um, from real users. And I think that uh, you will see the difference in products. Uh, when I say products, I mean like digital products or websites or apps or any software as a service. You'll see the difference between uh, a product that's involved going out there into the field, watching people use the app in the wild for real, or indeed doing some usability testing. In, in fact, um, today I just have gone end to end through six usability tests, moderating them, looking at the opinions um, and, and behavioral patterns of real people using a product. And it's just, I guess, I get nuggets. You get nuggets of information back from real usage. Um, a lot of people might have the hubris to think, you know what, I'm a designer. I can actually make this look brilliant and, the, and, and it will work great and it will be very functional and, and, and the, I've got a great programmer. But at the end of the day, how do you know that's going to be brilliant for some user out there until you actually ask the question until you watch them observe it so i think one of the one of the interesting things that we spoke about earlier is sort of the the role of good interaction and the role of a, a good user experience it almost comes down to the fact that if you haven't noticed that your experience has been designed and project managed then it's done its job yeah absolutely in fact i think people you know I guess it's like a, you know, any obstacle that comes into someone's way, they're going to shout about it. They're going to say, oh, do you know what? This is a problem. This is a pain point. We, you know, I think this is not even to do with just technology, to do with services as well. Um, it could be anything from your, you know, your telephone provider or your, you know, your internet provider. Or indeed, when you go down to the, to the local, you know, shop deli and you ask for, a, you know, a Mexican chicken sandwich and they give you something that's not the picture that's above, you know, their head. So I think it's all about um, expectations and ensuring that 
what you you have to empathize to understand what the user expects and then make sure you're on the same page as the user and then give it to them the way they expect it if you don't it's kind of like you're, you're you're missing an opportunity sometimes i see it like matchmaking you want to make sure that you understand what the user wants and then you want to make sure that your service or and your product or and or your product matches up with the user expectations and in terms of matching those expectations you're bringing together an awful lot of stakeholders you've the client who comes to you naturally enough and says you know i am i want to set up an e-store or you know i'm a cafe i want to develop an app that will make it easier to order coffee uh, and i have x number of ideas for this which may or may not be fantastic you've got a, a coder whose skill skill base may extend in certain directions, may not. Uh, And you have um, sort of the the UX person who is trying to make uh, their work as uh, unobtrusive but as pleasurable for the user as possible. So how does that dynamic work? And where does the feedback element come into it? I mean, do you wait until you've got a, a, a first, uh, an alpha version, or do you go to the, the, um, your focus group before you actually push, you know, before you start typing any code? That's a great question. Um, I think what's most important is that there is research. When you do it, can vary, I suppose. Personally speaking, what we do at Graphic Mint, we always put research at the very beginning. I think for every project, there's a need to, to be at a very good baseline in terms of understanding the domain, what the stakeholders, that is the client wants and their team, and of course, what the users want. Then once you've done a rigorous research um, I guess phase you bring it back to the design team and from there you you come up with version one and and that's bringing it back to what you might more normally expect from iterative studio practice design so you know that's true these days it's prototyping it used to be a sketch it used to be maybe done it done it as a wireframe these days with the technology it tends to be interactive prototypes that kind of look like the real thing you know so you're mucking it up and it's interactive and it's and um, it used to be back in the day very hard to do that I mean, or take a lot of time i guess but now you can actually bust some stuff out pretty quickly and get feedback and i think it's a lot of the time the the the, the pain point with the clients is is educating them that this is okay and we can actually go out to talk to real users and we and there will be a benefit for that and once they start inevitably once we start opening the tap of user feedback it's it's almost like seeing the light in some ways. You you can't go back any other way. It's not to say designers don't know what they're doing. They do, and they can be very experienced and very well educated. But I think the best design is where you you balance it with a good user research. So lastly, just bring it all together. So our typical phase will be research, design, and then we would collaborate with the um, the developers or the programmers. We say it's not a handover, it's a handshake because we think that it's been in practice in a lot of places where you just kind of, you, you throw the deliverable over the wall, the wireframe, and here it is. But we know that the best projects are when there's a, that, that good relationship between a programmer and a designer pairing up. Uh, so it's a much more diverse um, process is developing sort of an online service than, than ever before. So how how do you get that message out and get people to appreciate that? Look, you ask for an e-store. It's, it's not a white label process. Um, can you elaborate on the question? Sorry. Yeah. So just to um, take the example of a small business that comes to you and says, I want a website. You don't uh, anymore just say, OK, here's something we can get off the shelf. It becomes a, a, a problem of, OK, what do you sell? How do you want to sell it? Uh, who is your audience? 
That, that's a great question. I, I sometimes describe this as, I'm not sure if this is a bit over the top, but as the haute couture of the uh, interaction design. So when you come to Graphic Mint, you may, I'm not sure, you know, what your initial motivation is, but it's normally you need some kind of user interface design or user experience app. And what we promote is that there's a, it's a very meticulous process. There's a lot to, there's a lot to do. It's not trivial. If you really want to transform your product for the better, it's contingent on finding out what your users really want. And that takes time. It takes research. And um, I guess there's a bit of an education process in that so that uh, to set expectations. And if somebody wants to learn more about Graphic Mint and about UX design, uh, where can they go? Well, they can go to graphicmint.com to our website and or get in touch via our form there or send us an email or give us a ring. Um, or they can attend one of our events. We've actually recently gotten into design education. Um, a lot of people don't know what UX is. And there's also a lot of graduates who don't have UX in their portfolio. So what we've decided to do is to start teaching human-centered design and um, other, I guess, iterative design skills through a new initiative called the Graphic Mint Academy, which um, is starting off in our first inaugural event on the 20th of May um, with an event called User Experience for Business. And from that, it's a day of three workshops, and we're hoping to give uh, people who attend key takeaways such as how to make their products more useful, how to solve, I guess, common usability issues, and to just overall improve uh, the customer experience. And that was Nal Kitson talking with Seamus Byrne of Graphic Mint. And I hope that if you've been designing websites for, for donkey's years, as many of us have, that this has kind of given you a whole new insight into where web design is in 2016. That is it for our show this week. Uh, don't forget you can get more on all of the uh, things that are happening in Irish Tech News with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thanks so much for listening listening and take care get tech radio subscribe for free with itunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie tech radio is produced by digital audio productions.com tech Central.